What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Listener, this week we don't have a new episode for you, but I am uploading a Patreon-exclusive black label. I'm currently in recovery from a bad run-in with COVID and the flu. Don't worry, I should be back on my feet in no time. If you'd like to support the show while I recover, please consider supporting the Patreon. Now, let's get on with it. Welcome, listener. I'm glad you're here. Take a seat. Next to the fire. Welcome to Obscura, where we shine a light on the dark. On October 24, 2017, police received a call from the manager of a U-Haul storage facility located near Kansas City, Missouri. The manager reported that a man had been illegally squatting inside the unit with his two children. The alarm inside the facility had gone off the night before, indicating that someone was present in the unit overnight. This was strictly prohibited because it violated fire code policies and could cause the facility to lose their business license. When the manager asked the man about it the next morning, he denied staying overnight in the unit. The man explained that his wife had died during childbirth a few days earlier, leaving him all alone to care for his two-year-old daughter and their four-day-old infant girl. That man was Justin Todd Ray. Well, multiple agencies are now investigating this and still so many questions left unanswered, like where did Justin and the kids come from and where is their mother? Police still haven't said if the woman found dead here in a storage unit could be her. Justin Todd Ray was a 32-year-old husband and father and also a practicing Christian scientist. Christian science is a religion developed in the late 1800s that believes sickness and disease is an illusion, an illusion that can only be corrected by prayer. However, some modern-day believers in the tenets of Christian science state that followers are allowed to seek medical attention or intervention, but only in limited instances, such as in the case of childbirth. But Ray and his wife, 34-year-old Jessica Ray, had other reasons for not wanting to seek medical assistance. The couple were also parents to four other children, previously removed by Child Protective Services. Two of the children were taken away by the state of California, and two other children were taken by the state of Arizona. The Rays named each of their children with names starting with the letter J. The four children who had been removed were Jonathan, Juliet, Jasmine, and Joy. At the time of the birth of their sixth daughter, Janelle, the couple only had custody of their fifth child, two-year-old Joanna, whose existence was unknown by authorities, as she was not delivered in a hospital, nor did she have a birth certificate. By keeping her birth a secret, 
Justin believed that she would not be taken by the CPS, as their other children had been. In that regard, Justin and Jessica believed that the CPS was an illegal organization who had kidnapped their other children. Justin maintained a YouTube channel solely dedicated to his fight to regain custody of his children. Although, other than the YouTube videos and numerous letters, there wasn't anything Justin appeared to be doing legally to become reunited with his children. That included any steps to comply with the requirements by the courts. In his videos, he regularly calls out the names of his landlord, social workers, attorneys, judges, and even foster parents. These are your children. These are your children that have been given to you to take care of by the divine, by God, by whatever you believe in or not. It doesn't matter. They're your children. They came out of you. And male or female, those children came out of you. They came out of the male, they came out of the female, and both of you need to tend to those children and have the right to. And organizations and different people saying this, saying that, bullshit, okay? You have your rights and you individually need to stand up for them and not give up, not give in. Those children are yours. And if you say you love somebody and something, just like somebody that passes on, oh, I love them so much, ah. No, I'll tell you what. Love them enough to strengthen yourself. Like a soldier, you're broken to be made. Well, use these hardships to strengthen you. Use them to strengthen you. You know, strengthen yourself. Don't allow these fucking situations to fuck you over and fuck up your mind and make you weak. Make yourself strong. Enough is enough. Let them know they are not going to break you. They are going to actually make you. A stronger person and you take care of yourself you feed yourself you strengthen yourself you love yourself and BAM love yourself to love another you cannot love those children unless you love yourself and these people will steal your children because that's the most valuable thing to a person is their loved ones and their children so I'll tell you what if they steal your children that's what they win on because they just stole your precious valuable mindset your children but the thing is, though, they did steal you. So they can't steal anything from you without you allowing it. They may not be here at the moment. Your children. Your loved ones. But you are. You strengthen yourself. And you need to be the one. Male or female alike. Work together as a couple. Work together as a person up here for yourself and for those children. If somebody steals from you, don't let it get to you. Strengthen. Justin insists that the CPS workers from the state of California have sexually, mentally, physically, and emotionally drugged his children, stating that Jessica is a great patient and arrives 30 minutes early to each appointment. Ray obtained recommendation letters from his pastor, stating he was a regular churchgoer. He accused his landlord of committing terrorist activities towards him by tampering with his water heater. On the video, he encourages his followers to check out conspiracy websites such as mindfreedom.org, truthovercomfort.org, fightcps.org, and infowars.org. CPS believed the Rays to be unfit to care for their children, as the family was mostly homeless, without any and all medical care, and the children were often covered in bruises, dirt, and insufficiently fed and dressed. Additionally, the Rays weren't cooperative with authorities, continually accusing them of egregious acts of abuse against their children 
and often upsetting the children by sharing paranoid fears for their safety. During one supervised visit, Justin becomes argumentative with social workers, wanting a date for his children's return without actually complying to any of the mandates. I'm fine. I'm taking what I want. These are my kids. You guys have taken false allegations illegally. I'm not playing your guys' games. I, I don't care what you're saying because you don't care what I'm saying. You're not seeing the evidence. And the kids are. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, actually, you all do. You have my kids. You're all involved. And you're all going to go down for it. But just do not take video of any other adult, please. There's no other adult in there except the CPS worker. And, and, exactly. I know who I took a video of. You can't take video of us. Like I said, I just did. And I sent it to see, and I'm sending it on Facebook. I got my uh, FBI agent that I'm sending it to. I'm doing an investigation on this case. Uh, I don't have time for games. My kids are being abused. I don't have time for this. Yeah, it is their job to do what? Take our kids' false allegations. I don't have time for it. Jessica and Justin's visitations were repeatedly cut short by Ray's inability to comply with department rules. He would defiantly take videos of the CPS visitation monitors. Eventually, the judge ceased all visitation because of his inability to follow the rules or comply with the process. Justin would repeatedly threaten the workers that they were all under investigation by the FBI. He alleged they were being investigated as a secret and illicit kidnapping ring within Child Protective Services. And despite Jessica's pleas for him to put down the video camera so they can enjoy their visit, he tells his wife that he won't be told what to do. Justin Ray was born on February 25, 1982, and also went by the last name of King. He was predominantly raised in Compton, California, a Los Angeles suburb. Growing up, Justin was described as kind, but also having a big ego. He came across to family and friends as extremely self-confident. He believed himself to always be right and superior to others. He claimed to have a larger understanding of the way the world really worked and was a fan of conspiracy theory websites and concepts, such as a hidden deep state agenda. Justin would share some of his knowledge and enlightenment with his followers via a YouTube channel. Hey people, it's Mr. Justin Ray, the J. Ray Company, the J. Ray Family. One love. See, the thing is, though, is that um, I got people trying to slander my name again, set me up, lie on me, stalk me, deceit me, use my heart as a weakness to try to benefit their pockets and their families and whatever else. I'm not a jester. I'm not a toy. I'm not a game. I'm not a fool to the game. And the thing is, though, is I could be the best friend you've ever had, and will be, and am. Unless I'm not your friend, meaning we're not friends. But other than that, I will be the best friend you've ever had. See, people will say that they'll be the best enemy as you ever had also. But the thing is, though, is I'll be the best at everything I do, either it be your enemy and or your friend. So, I will be your best friend you've ever had, as well your best enemy that you've ever had. So quit fucking with me. I'm not better than anybody. I don't underestimate anybody's abilities or anybody at all. But I don't fuck with people either. Because I don't expect them to underestimate me either. So be nice and be good. 
Love is reflected in love, doing to others as you would want done unto you. I've never stolen from you. I've never stolen from anybody. And if ever I would ever, ever steal, which I don't, it would be from corporate, if anything, because those Nazis are fucking stealing from us more than anything. You know, the thing is, though, is that out of everybody, I'm actually a nice guy. And nice guys always finish last. This all-knowing nice guy was never able to hold down a regular job. He often worked as a male escort, and his business card stated he worked in, quote, sales, escort, music, video, photo, laborer, and promoting expert. Jessica was born on December 6, 1984, in Tulare, California. She grew up in California's Central Valley. The middle of three girls, her parents divorced when she was young, and she spent the majority of her time living with her mother. Her home life consisted of a lot of verbal and physical abuse. At just 15 years old, her family moved to Palm Springs in the Coachella Valley. Her family described Jessica as naive and unable to see any negative in the world. Regardless of her personal situation, she was always positive, happy, and loving. Her sister Sarah said she was sweet, kind, and described her as having a gentle spirit. Jessica believed any obstacles or problems she encountered would be taken care of by God, as he had a specific plan for her life. She merely had to listen and follow his lead. After graduating from Palm Springs High School, she briefly attended college with the goal of becoming a fashion designer. But those dreams would come to a quick close after she met Justin Ray. Justin and Jessica got married in Palm Springs in 2004. At first, Jessica's family liked Ray, but that opinion quickly changed. Jessica went from listening to God's plan for her life to Justin's plan for her life. Jessica's family found Justin to be very controlling and believed he limited the interaction Jessica was allowed to have with her family. Jessica confided that Justin was often scary and violent. He threatened to kill her on more than one occasion when she tried to leave. He also didn't believe in birth control. The couple soon began having children, and as you know, the governing authorities just as quickly began taking those children away. While CPS always works towards unification with families as their ultimate goal, Justin made reunification an impossibility. He continually accused CPS of having a larger agenda. He just wouldn't comply with the terms of visitation, and he regularly contacted the FBI asking that the CPS be investigated as a kidnapping and pedophilia ring. Ray posted a video on YouTube where Jessica is interviewed in a hotel room by someone named Mr. D., in the video, she explains how CPS and the Sheriff's Department in two different states came in and took her children from her. According to her, Jonathan and Juliet were taken away by gunpoint. Because of the past interactions with Ray's family, CPS workers didn't believe they could safely remove the children without violence on the part of Justin Ray. Children were likely removed by gunpoint for the safety of all involved. The first two children were taken away by CPS in Indio, California, the Ray family were essentially homeless, living out of two small trailers, which they were using to pull their belongings as they moved from campsite to campsite. However, people they encountered along the way continued to call Child Protective Services. Some of the calls were due to excessive violence and the discipline they witnessed, and others were reports of emaciated and dirty children. 
without a proper home. Accordingly, the Indio authorities took Jonathan and Juliet into their custody for their own safety. Once it became apparent that the Rays would not comply within the system, nor follow the mandatory requirements and visitation rules, the court severed parental rights. Jessica discusses in her interview how she lost her third child, Jasmine. When Jasmine was just two weeks of age, a family member reported that she was undernourished and living in unsanitary conditions with her homeless parents. They were also notified that their other children were removed by CPS in another state. Officials insisted that Jasmine be checked out at the hospital, and according to Jessica Ray, she was never returned. The fourth child, Joy, was delivered with the assistance of a midwife in a bathtub. It was unclear who involved Child Protective Services. However, we do know she was taken away at birth by social workers. After CPS was tipped off about the birth by an unknown family member. And this um, third one was Jasmine, right? She happened in Lake Cavasu. Mm-hmm. And they actually took her in the hospital illegally. They said she was perfectly healthy. They didn't understand why she was doing things that a two-week-old baby would be doing. And they were questioning, and they said, we have to do all these tests because she's really smart. Mm-hmm. And then they said, oh, do you want to come and talk to us outside? We promised she's going to be here when we come back. We came back. She wasn't there. They took her away illegally again, another one. Enjoy the same thing. I was in Lancaster, California. I had her in a tub, all legally, Mm -hmm. and midwife was there. The midwife was saying, why are you doing this to these parents? They're perfectly 100% great parents. The baby's happy, Mm -hmm. you know, and the CPS worker actually looked in my eyes and said, your baby's 100%, I mean, wonderful, healthy, but I'm still going to take your baby away from you. You guys are great parents, though. And that was the last time we saw her. Okay. So, what are the steps that you've been taking to try and get your children back? We have called lawyers, every lawyer possible in California. Mm-hmm. They don't want to take the case because they don't want to go up with CPS, against CPS. And before that, when the first two happened, we actually told them we would do anything. Any of their services, their programs, they totally wouldn't let us do any of those programs. They refused us for over nine months. We were going in circles. Then they kept playing games. And then when we finally got to see our kids, after three weeks, they were abused. Do you ever scream your opinions into the abyss, hoping I can somehow hear you? Well, now I can. I'm going live on the Stereo app, where you can ask me your questions directly on the app. Stereo app has thousands of live social conversations, with a wide range of genres for every interest, including news, comedy, sports, and more. You choose whether to be a co-host, participate as a guest, or simply listen in on exclusive conversations. Join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over on the Stereo app, That's every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over on the Stereo app. Download the Stereo app and follow us at Stereo.com slash Obscura Crime. We've got great guests like morticians, 911 dispatchers, and other true crime podcast hosts. Trust me, we have plenty in store for you. Link in the description. I love Stereo. I'm on the app talking all the time. Follow me and get notified every time I go live. Listener, one of my favorite guilty pleasures is watching bad and cheesy horror movies. 
There's just something fun about picking them apart. But you know what I feel exactly zero guilt about? How much I love playing Best Fiends. Our friends over at Best Fiends have been generous enough to support our show on and off for some time now. And I have to say, the game is addictive in the best way. It's a great way to de-stress between recording sessions. I really like the presentation and cartoony characters. My girlfriend has a great time playing it too. Best Fiends is boredom's worst nightmare. With Best Fiends, there's something new today and tomorrow. And every day after that, literally thousands of levels to play and counting, plus tons of cute characters to collect. So if you never get tired of solving puzzles, good news. With Best Fiends, the fun never ends. Just don't blame me if you become slightly obsessed. Download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. You know what's not fair? The fact that Netflix hides thousands of shows from you based on your location and then has the nerve to increase their prices on you. That's right. Starting at the end of this month, they're raising prices once again. Now, you could just cancel your subscription and protest, or you could be smart about it. Make sure you're getting your full money's worth by using ExpressVPN like I do. See, you might not know that what's on Netflix in your country is completely different from what someone in the UK or Japan has on theirs. Using ExpressVPN, I can control which country I want Netflix to think I'm in. ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from, so every time I run out of stuff to watch, I just switch to another country to unlock new shows. I actually rewatched Wild at Heart recently. It's not on US Netflix, but with just one tap of a button, ExpressVPN lets me change my location to the UK to watch it. Here's the best part. It's not just for Netflix. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock shows on other streaming services too. I like to use it to watch BBC iPlayer. It's free and only available in the UK. ExpressVPN is also super fast and works on your phone, laptop, even smart TVs. So you can watch your shows on the big screen with zero buffering. So be smart. Stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash obscura. Don't forget to use my link so you can get three extra months free. That's expressvpn.com slash obscura. Expressvpn.com slash obscura to learn more. Listener, did you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair? If you're among them, know you're not alone and that there's a solution you can trust to deliver results. Thousands of women have taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol. With many users raving that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but restored their confidence too, Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding. Through all stages of life, healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair in three to six months. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. More than 1,500 top doctors recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair, and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and using promo code Obscura, and new customers will get 20% off. This is their best offer available anywhere. 
plus free shipping on every order. Get 20% off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Obscura. Jessica insists that every official they came in contact with told them they were perfect parents, but CPS was still going to take their children. Jessica also insists that they complied with all court-ordered mandates, but from a review of the records, we know that isn't true. The Rays also made allegations that their children were horribly neglected and abused under CPS's care. Jessica alleges her daughter was sexually and mentally and physically abused by social workers. She also states that her son told her that the social worker hit him and bruised his face. All of these claims are, of course, unsubstantiated. In fact, the video taken during the visit she is discussing shows her son's face to be bruise-free. She also alleges that they were both told individually that if they didn't leave their spouses, they would never get their kids back. According to Justin Ray, the government didn't only steal his children, they also stole four of his vehicles a motorcycle, millions of dollars of audio equipment, his Palm Desert condo, electronics, and all the evidence and paperwork he has of the government stealing his children. In Facebook posts, Justin worries that the government is setting him up for assassination. He is certain that there is a grand conspiracy out to silence him for speaking out about the deep government cover-up of a pedophile ring operating within Child Protective Services. Jessica's sister, Sarah, described Justin as strange and controlling. She believed Justin purposely isolated Jessica from her friends and family, so she would lack the support to leave him. They would sometimes go years without hearing from her. Sarah believed Jessica felt trapped in the relationship without the skills or resources to leave. Sarah said Justin had threatened to kill her sister on many occasions, and had also threatened to kill Sarah as well. Their neighbors would call the police because they could hear Justin verbally and physically attacking Jessica on more than one occasion. Sarah talked to her sister on the phone in April of 2017, and she said Justin had kicked her and her daughter Joanna out on the street and had found another woman he wanted to be with. Jessica was on the run from him, but when he found her, he told her he was taking her back out of pity because she was nothing without him. He also blamed her for losing all of their children. He believed if she had said the right things to social workers and other officials, they would still have all their children. Myself, Justin Ray, signed my wife and I up for this class before the kids were born. They've tried everything to actually find something wrong and still can't find anything. There's no proof in anything Child Protective Services has said. They tried doctors, social workers, all different types and still cannot find one thing on us. The saddest thing is, is that Child Protective Services is the one doing wrong. Child Protective Services, the police, the sheriffs, 80% of them are doing wrong. Beating, molesting, raping, physically, emotionally, sexually, and drugging children. FightCPS.com, MindFreedom.org. And the people involved, we are not backing down. Justin and Jessica Ray will not back down and not give up on our children and on other families as well. This has to stop and it's going to stop and it needs to stop and we are not giving up. We will die for the honor of our family as well as for other families. It's kind of weird. You could see the before and after, huh? The abuse from the Indio Child Protective Services and then when they're with us, huh? The kids are perfect with us compared to when they were in Indio Child Protective Services, San Bernardino as well. 
Jessica's family is unclear of how or why the couple made their way to Kansas City. Some members of their family think it's related to another crime committed by Ray. According to her family, Ray and Jessica were predominantly homeless, but would regularly become members of various churches as a means of survival. When it was clear that Justin had worn out their welcome, they would move on to the next location. One of those churches was the Central Church of Nazarene in Lenexa, Kansas. Parishioners at that church described Jessica as often fearful of her controlling and argumentative husband. Justin thought he could interpret the Bible in a better manner than the church officials. It caused many of the church members to avoid him. Despite the sympathy they had for Jessica and their two-year-old daughter, little Joanna, the pastor of that church ultimately called the police out of concern for Justin's, quote, erratic behavior and mental state. He told authorities that the family had been attending his church and looking for assistance. However, when the assistance wasn't the type or in the amount that Justin wanted, he would leave threatening text messages for the pastor. Do unto others as I want done unto me. Huh. What does that mean? Hey, I'll tell you what it means. If I'm hungry, I want to eat. If I'm hungry, I want to eat. Huh. Let me see. So that means if somebody's hungry that I should feed them. Hmm. Yeah, that, that sounds right to me. If I'm jobless, hmm, I guess I would need a job. Huh. Let me see. If I have it, I shall give it. Huh. If I'm houseless... A job has nothing to do with corporate jobs, just to let you know. A job, it can mean anything. Anything to actually gain possession of something that the person needs. Fair trade, in a sense. Either it be, you know, whatever. That's what the job actually is. To gain income, funds, or something to benefit somebody's growth in life. That's what a job is. To gain something to grow in life in goodly and godliness form. Not just for funds and some cash or some coins. Not, you know, this is the barter system we're talking about here. That's what God's taught us. Okay, do unto others as you want done unto you. Is uh, you wash my back, I wash yours, and vice versa. You know, those are the things that God has taught us. It has nothing to do with no stupid freaking money. Okay, no funds. It has nothing to do with that. For me to do God's deed, I don't have to have funds. If I was houseless, I would want to have a house, a home to dwell in. If I was hungry, I'd want to be fed. Huh, let me see, then I should do that for other people. I shouldn't have any fear because that's what Jesus has taught us, not to have any fear. I, uh, I care so much that I actually care enough to actually help people. I, pra I practice and I study so much. Uh, let me see, that I actually am going to preach it? No, I'm going to practice it, not just preach it. Jesus taught us to actually not have fear. Mary Baker Eddy, Mary Baker Eddy has said to actually help people. That's our job is to help people. Materially, physically, emotionally, spiritually, every lee out there, every single way, we as Christian scientists, we as Christians should help people and are supposed to help people. There's not one person that should be hungry, homeless, houseless, jobless, trying to you know, or having to freaking fend for their self in a way that they have to suffer and, and survive instead of thrive. We, as Christians, we, as God's people, are supposed to help the people to thrive daily. Daily, day by day, we are supposed to help and love people, not be selfish, not be, you know, 
doing for oneself or have an incorrect motive to help somebody will help them because we want to gain our church or our pockets or whatever it may be. We need to help people because Jesus has told us to. So my wife and I are never going to give up on our family or others. We love our children, we love our family, and we love every single person out there. And anybody involved in the kidnapping of our children will go down. But also any religion out there who's not doing their job, wake your asses up. Wake up, people. Just like Jesus did when he turned over the tables. Wake up, people. Do God's deeds. Stop being selfish. Stop counting on this Nazi government to actually corrupt your brain. Stay off the TV. Stay off the pipes. Stay off the alcohol. Stay off the drugs. And stay away from material sense. Materialistic sense, I should say. One member of the church met with Jessica in the Lenexa fast food restaurant bathroom a few months after they had joined the church. She said Jessica was often crying over Justin and the way he treated her and others. The friend told Jessica she thought she would go to a woman's shelter, but Jessica told her she didn't think she would be safe at a shelter, as Justin would come after her and things would be even worse. Jessica truly believed Justin would kill her if she tried to leave him. Do God's deeds. Stay away from the freaking big life. Because the biggest life is God's life. And this land is deteriorating because of it. People are actually corrupted because of it. So us, the ones with knowledge, wake up. Do God's deeds. There shouldn't be anybody in need. God loves you. I love you. And I'll tell you what. We'll never give up on good God and doing the godly deeds. But Christians and Christian scientists and any Christian religion out there or any religious belief in godly and goodliness, wake up. Do unto others as you want done unto you. Do, do, do. Love, love, love. God loves you. I love you. Have a great day. God bless you. In mid-October of 2017, Jessica went to labor. She labored for almost two days, going between the bathtub and the bed. No one really knows what happened inside the hotel room, except for Justin. What was known is that they both feared asking for medical help because any request in the past for medical assistance resulted in the loss of some of their children. On October 20th, 2017, Jessica gave birth to her sixth child, a little girl they named Janelle. Ray alleges that sometime after birth, Jessica passed away by suicide. He believes it was suicide because if Jessica had prayed harder, she could have survived the massive blood loss and hemorrhaging that resulted from the difficult birth. With his two-year-old and newborn to care for, Justin next did the unthinkable. He posed his dead wife on the bed and took pictures of her. He staged an impromptu family photo shoot with Joanna next to her dead mother and the newborn baby nursing off of Jessica's corpse. After the family portraits were complete... And with great difficulty, he placed Jessica in the bathtub and spent the next two days dismembering her body. He described it as a gruesome but necessary task. There is a piece of land in Arizona that Justin believes is a special, spiritual place where he wanted to bury his recently departed wife. According to him, without a car and the need to travel by train, his only options were to reduce Jessica down to a travel size. He did this by boiling certain body parts and disposing of other parts down the toilet or in the trash. The pieces he'd left were placed inside a handy cooler on wheels. The extra pieces were placed inside a gym bag, where he also kept a toothbrush for Joanna and a bottle and formula for baby Janelle. Once Jessica was packed up and ready for travel, he called the front desk using a woman's voice and stating, quote, She, 
was checking out with her two small children. There is surveillance video of Ray dressed as a woman, walking with a stroller and pulling a red cooler with a black gym bag balanced on top. It was then that Justin headed for the storage unit. Once the storage unit manager realized people were sleeping inside the unit, he called the police. He told the police that an alarm had gone off overnight because people were sleeping in the unit, which is against the fire code. But more importantly, he believed it was unsafe and unsanitary conditions for small children to be living. It also happened to be around 45 degrees that night. The manager spoke with Justin the next morning. He explained that his wife had just died during childbirth. He was only getting their belongings before vacating the unit. He promised to be completely out by the end of the day. However, once the police were notified that a homeless man with young children were living inside of a storage facility, it became a police matter. Since the reports were that Justin seemed ill-prepared to care for two young children in harsh elements, they started trying to locate Justin and the children immediately. After speaking with the manager... Justin knew he needed to leave town quickly, as any interactions in the past have always resulted in the loss of his children. He was running against the clock, trying to avoid them. Justin contacted someone by the name of Bruce, an executive director of the Principal Foundation, a nonprofit which provides assistance for Christian scientists. The Ray family had been receiving assistance from the same nonprofit for years. Justin told Bruce that Jessica had died and he needed emergency financial help. Bruce responded by helping Justin run errands that day to help him prepare to leave town. While they were at lunch, Bruce got a call from the police asking if he knew where they could find Justin and his children. When Bruce told Justin that the police wanted to talk to him, Justin left in a panic. It was later that day, October 24, 2017, that Justin met a man and his wife at a restaurant. He explained that he was a father all on his own with a young child and a newborn. He told them that his wife had died in childbirth and he was trying to take his daughters home to a spiritual place in Arizona where they could properly mourn. The couple felt sorry for the two young children, so they offered to give them all a ride. They were able to secure the children in their grandkids' car seats. The couple, who wanted to remain anonymous, stated that the two-year-old was almost bald with patchy areas of hair missing. They thought she looked like a cancer patient, or that someone had been pulling out her hair. The newborn, who was just four days old, had an obvious untreated eye infection. Justin asked the man if he could make one stop at a Lenexa storage unit to gather his belongings. He told the couple he had been living inside the unit since being evicted from his apartment for non-payment of rent. The man said that while at the storage unit, Justin got out a stroller, a gallon jug of urine, and a red plastic cooler on wheels. The cooler was leaking brown liquid. The man said he and his wife no longer wanted to help Justin anymore after they saw the storage unit, but they felt like they couldn't back out. The cooler had a black bag on top that also seemed to be leaking. The man didn't want either items leaking in his car. Just as he was trying to ascertain the cause of the fluid, the police showed up. detective came and knocked on the door and I said is it Renee and he just gave me that solemn look it was the worst day ever the proof podcast is back with a new case and a new season 
23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. When police arrived to the U-Haul facility... They encountered Justin and the two children, inadequately dressed for the weather and in poor health. Police reports described the children as malnourished and stated the storage unit had a foul odor of death and decay. When officers asked where his wife was, Justin first said that she was in Arizona waiting his arrival. Police stated his story didn't add up and they had conflicting reports that his wife had died in childbirth. A developing story in Lenexa, a father is being held on $1 million bond tonight and charged with endangering the lives of two young children that were in his care. In addition, there are questions about how the human remains of a woman also ended up in that storage facility where Justin Ray and his kids were. Police were able to confirm that there were in fact human remains inside the cooler and black bag. However, they were unable to confirm the identity of the remains. They were in such poor conditions that they were unable to determine age, gender, or race. Inside the bag, they found a bloody raincoat and bag with snacks and baby formula. Joanna's toothbrush was also inside the bag. Authorities immediately arrested Ray at the storage facility on child endangerment charges. Since the children were without adequate food or shelter, the two children were evaluated by EMTs and then taken to the hospital. Once they were medically cleared, they were ready to be placed in foster care. The EMT who first responded and his wife became the children's guardians and remain with them currently. It is unknown if this placement is permanent. On October 26, 2017, prosecutors amended their charges to two counts of aggravated child endangerment and two additional charges of contributing to a child's misconduct. On November 15, 2017, there were more charges against Justin for abandoning a corpse, but these wouldn't be the only charges. The more Justin talked, the more charges were filed. 
Originally, he told the officers that he wasn't staying inside the unit. Later, he admitted to staying only 11 hours overnight on his way out of town. Justin blamed Jessica for her own death, stating she, quote, suicided after she gave birth in the hotel bathroom because she, quote, had no will to live. According to Ray, her mind was all that was needed to heal her body, and she made the choice to leave her family behind. But he also told police that Jessica died of natural causes while giving birth. He provided medical assistance by using a plastic fastener and a shoestring to secure and tie off the umbilical cord. He kept explaining that because he is a Christian scientist, he doesn't have to adhere to man's law regarding the care of his wife's body. In fact, he insisted that police check his phone for proof of what a loving and caring father he is to his family. He explained placing her body on the hotel bed, taking pictures, and then dismembering her body over the next few days. He had documented his progress on his phone. He insisted that his religion protected him from the requirements of traditional medicine, and he was more than qualified to deliver the baby himself. It was because of these beliefs that he didn't call the police. In fact, he didn't dismember Jessica right away. He gave her a few days to heal herself with prayer. But police didn't believe Justin and confirmed that as a Christian scientist, he's allowed to seek medical assistance in the case of childbirth. They believe the real reason Justin refused to supply medical assistance to his wife is because the police would take away his last two children. During their investigation, they sent a forensic team through the hotel room where Jessica died to help determine what was true and what could be forensically disproven. They discovered human tissue in the drains and found her blood throughout the room. They were able to confirm that the last time she was seen by hotel staff was October 20, 2017. An autopsy was performed by pathologist Charles Glenn to determine the identity of the remains as well as cause of death. They were able to positively identify the remains as belonging to Jessica by her fingerprints. An examination of her uterus was consistent with recent childbirth. It was confirmed that she was dead before she was dismembered. Jessica's head and torso was found inside the red cooler, along with miscellaneous tissue and organs. Her severed limbs were found inside the black bag. They were unable to determine a cause of death other than Ray's claims that she committed suicide by her lack of will to live. Justin was insistent that he was innocent, wanted to be released and reunited with his children. He kept asking authorities to examine his phone to prove his innocence. But instead of finding evidence proving his innocence, they found child pornography on his phone. Police found searches for nudist teen, teen girls naked, and nude teens. When police asked him about the searches, he denied making them. He believed they were made by someone else while he was sleeping. However, the searches were made on October 19, 2017, when his wife was in active labor. His alternative theory is that they were placed there by the police to frame him and assist CPS in stealing the remainder of his children. On November 2, 2018, Justin was charged with three counts of sexual exploitation of a child, in addition to his other charges. But it would turn out that these charges were the least of Justin's problems. There was a murder charge waiting for Justin back in California. Sean Ty Farrell was last seen on May 7, 2016. He was a friend of Justin, and they met in Palm Springs, California. 
He was born on May 25, 1950, and was reported as being 5'10 and just 100 pounds. He was last seen in the company of Justin Ray. In fact, Pharrell told friends he was going on a vacation with Justin and was never seen again. For a while, friends and family received text messages from Pharrell's phone, but the wording and spelling were so different, they assumed someone else was using Pharrell's phone. On August 16, 2016, a few months after Sean was last seen, Justin was in a car accident while driving Pharrell's car. He fled the scene of the accident on foot, but police found Pharrell's blood in the trunk of his car. Police also discovered that Justin had charged more than $56,000 on credit cards he had stolen from Pharrell. Police were able to obtain surveillance footage of Justin using Pharrell's credit cards in Palm Springs, California. In one of the videos, Justin was wearing a disguise, and the disguise was later found inside Pharrell's car. His property was also found inside the storage unit in Justin's name. The property included Pharrell's phone, wallet, medications, letters, laptops, and other electronic devices. One of those devices was a GPS unit that showed Pharrell's car had been to a remote location near Williams, Arizona. It was believed that this is where Justin disposed of Pharrell's body and where he intended to dispose of his wife's remains. Sean has never been located, and police presume he's dead. The Palm Springs police charged Justin with Pharrell's murder on November 22, 2017. But first, Justin had to face the charges against him in Missouri for child endangerment, child misconduct, and child pornography. A few months after that outburst, the judge found Justin to be incompetent to stand trial. He was committed to the Lawrence State Hospital to receive treatment for 90 days. After treatment, he was deemed competent to stand trial. However, Justin repeatedly requested he be allowed to represent himself. He filed numerous motions, including one alleging he had ineffective counsel and that he wanted his charges dismissed and wanted to represent himself. Each time, these motions were denied. Finally, on January 28, 2019, Justin went to trial on the child endangerment and child pornography charges. The prosecutor alleged that Justin endangered his children by dismembering their mother in their presence. Additionally, he was not providing adequate food or housing. Justin's defense argued that Justin was a questionable parent and mentally ill, but that didn't make him a criminal. The defense also argued that the prosecution could not prove that the child pornography searches were done by Justin, as there was another adult in the room at the time, that adult being Jessica, who according to the timeline was in active labor. While Justin testified, his attorney only questioned him about the child pornography. The purpose of doing so was to limit what the prosecution could ask. 
During the cross-examination, Justin repeated his story that he had nothing to do with those searches. If they weren't made by Jessica, then they were planted by the police. To prove his point, he told the jury as a Christian scientist he didn't have any sexual desires and would therefore not look at any type of porn. On June 28, 2019, Justin was sentenced to 104 months in prison. During sentencing, he yelled out, You all believe you're going to get away with it? Judge Cameron told Justin that if he interrupted the proceedings again, he would be removed from the courtroom. In response, Justin said, Then shoot me. He was then removed. As Justin was taken from the courtroom, he said, They don't give a fuck about me or my children, all because I dismembered a body. Justin was also sentenced to register as a lifetime sex offender. Happy Valentine's Day to the world. To the world. Happy Valentine's Day, honey. Happy Valentine's Day, honey. I love you. I love you, too. And happy Valentine's Day to you, too, Jonathan. Juliet. Jasmine. And Joy. We love all four of our babies. And we love each other. And we're never giving up. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. We're never giving up on our family. We love our children. And we'll fight to the end. Love is what matters in this world. So everybody realize that today is not just one day that you should love everybody. You should show love every day, every moment of your day. And to yourself, too. That's right. My wife and I, Justin and Jessica Ray, will never give up on our children. And we're never going to give up on each other. Ever. Peace. Blessings to all. We love all. And we definitely love each other. Stereo is the app for live social conversations. We want to talk directly with you, our listeners. You can join our show, ask questions about true crime, and share your experiences and opinions. We want to hear everything. Download now and join us live this week. Link to our show in the description.